it. Welcome to Living Healthy and Aging Well. My name is Ken Hagland, and we are broadcasting from the AM950 radio station that overlooks beautiful Bryant Lake Regional Park, located in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. It's another beautiful day here in the Twin Cities, and I am so grateful to be here with you today. And I hope all of you listening are doing well. We are on the air every Saturday from noon to one to talk about your health and your life. We cover a wide range of topics to help you and your loved ones improve and enjoy your quality of life. I want to thank all of you that leave us messages on our radio show phone line. We appreciate hearing from you, and we welcome your comments, questions, and topics for future shows. Also, if you are interested in being a guest on our radio show, please call or text us at 612-999-3426. You can also contact us on our website at livinghealthyradio.com. There you can find information about upcoming guests as well as listen to our previous shows. We look forward to hearing from you. We are adding new listeners to the show each week, and we are so grateful for that, not only here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, but also throughout the country. You can find podcasts for all of our radio shows on the AM950 radio website, and we can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and many other podcast and streaming services. You can also watch our broadcast live on the radio station's Facebook page at AM950 Radio. All right, joining me in a few minutes is Lisa Lane. She is the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. Today, she'll be talking about the impact this Minnesota-based nonprofit has on our communities and discover how Open Arms is a beacon of hope and compassion, providing vital nourishment through medically tailored meals to individuals facing life-threatening illnesses and critical health issues. And this is the amazing thing, folks, all at no cost to the client. She will share the heart behind their mission to embrace food as medicine and how they craft medically tailored menus to meet the needs of over 2,000 weekly clients and how a community of passionate volunteers ensures the preparation, packaging, and delivery of these life-changing meals. You will enjoy listening to my conversation today with Lisa Lane. All right, if you have a question for Lisa today, there are two ways to reach us. First, by calling the AM950 radio station and our friendly show engineer, Dan, will get your call on the air. That phone number is 952-946-6205. Once again, 952-946-6205. Or you can directly text us your question at 612-999-3426. Now, don't worry. If you have missed our contact numbers, I'll repeat them throughout the show. Also, please do not wait till the show has ended to call or text us your questions. We often receive many of the same questions after the show has ended. If you have a question, many others do as well. So please contact us during the show, and we look forward to answering your questions. All right. 
I want to introduce my guest for today's show, Lisa Lane, Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, this is great. We we, we were late to the show almost because we were talking way too much <laughs> before the show started. So a uh, lot to catch up on here. I don't know if we're going to get through all of it, but um, first of all, the audience loves to know who the guests I have on here. Tell us a bit about yourself and then what inspired you to then work with Open Arms of Minnesota. And you've been there for Eight years. Just about. Wow. Just about eight wow. years. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Well, I um, graduated from college with a degree in journalism and um, worked a little bit in the field, but very little. And um, my husband is from Minnesota and I'm from Iowa. And on our very <laughs> first date, he said, I'm moving back to Minnesota. So I knew that that's where our future would be here in the Twin Cities. And um, I got into the world of nonprofit um, about 28, 29 years ago as a volunteer and mostly have worked with um, social service, human service, but have been very drawn to healthcare and healthcare issues. And um, Open Arms was of interest to me because my dad um, died very young of cancer and um, I tried to help my mom by cooking. At the time, I was not a cook. I was in college and not really a cook. <laughs> and um, made uh, cauliflower au gratin night after night after night and overheard my dad say to my mom one night, I can't eat this anymore. And so I, it was intriguing to me to, that there was a place like Open Arms that would have been so incredibly helpful to my family, who all we wanted to do was have time to spend with my dad and be together as a family. He had only seven months that he lived and after he got his diagnosis. And so to me, as I learned more and more about open arms and the stress that they can take off of a family going through such challenging critical illness or chronic illness or a healthcare crisis of any type, um, I just thought that was a really important thing to talk about and to increase visibility about and to share the importance of it. And it's just such an instant and supportive element to have when you're going through such a difficult time in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, I'm fascinated. You know, I think I know a lot of what's going on in the Twin Cities, but I have no no idea because you were brought to me by another referral that I knew in, in another part of the senior care community. And he said, did you ever hear of Open Arms Minnesota? And I, well, it sounds familiar, but I have no idea what they do. And uh, I had the chance then to get you guys on the show here. And it, I tell you, the more I look into it, the more fascinated I am with what you guys have done. I mean, this is a program that's been around for a long time. And uh, maybe give us a little background or history of Open Arms Minnesota? Because it's been around, right, since uh, the 80s? Or? 86, 1986, oh, yes. Amazing. So I love to tell the story of Open Arms <laughs> because it is interesting to me. When I got a call from a recruiter that Open Arms was hiring, I – I literally said, I don't know what the organization, what is it? Right. And so, so what you're saying, Ken, is so, is so the majority of people that come to know us. And oftentimes people come to know us through their illness, through healthcare referrers. Uh -huh. But I'll step back a little bit in our history and then talk about how people can get to know us because I think it's kind of the natural step to yeah. learn about it that way. So we, the way we started is actually the reason why 
so many people don't know about us. We started in 1986 through the extreme generosity and selflessness of a man by the name of Bill Rowe. Bill was an anthropology professor at the University of Minnesota, and he noticed that in the height of the HIV-AIDS epidemic, he had a lot of friends and acquaintances that were literally dying of malnutrition. And so he started to prepare meals in his apartment and just said, I'm going to bring some meals to friends, things that I know they will like eating, things that have nourishment. And as he did that, people started to come out of the woodwork, really saying, I have family, I have friends, they are also dying of starvation, malnourishment, can you help us? And so they began coming around a kitchen table, and actually that kitchen table is a centerpiece of our buildings, our two buildings now. We have kitchen these big kitchen tables. Yeah. But he, um, so they graduated from Bill's apartment to Plymouth Congregational Church basement in South Minneapolis, where they had a tiny little kitchen and a little office space and a space where the through the kindness of volunteers that nobody was getting paid, all these volunteers were coming together and they were literally saying things like, okay, today we're going to make my grandmother's chili or being that we're in Minnesota, it was probably a hot dish of some sort. Right. Right. Not a casserole. No, not a casserole. That's (laughs) Iowa. Casserole is Iowa. So, so they were making hot dishes and chilies and, and things that they knew about didn't have necessarily, wasn't medically tailored, that wasn't a thing, but they were able to really reach more and more people. Well, now fast forward several more years, they got their own tiny little building, and Open Arms was one of the first organizations to do this kind of work in the country. And that little organization had, at the time that we moved into the Minneapolis building that we have now, which was a capital campaign that they opened in 2008, and so the the building that they were in at the time that they opened the new building in Minneapolis, which is now twelve years old, mm-hmm. um, they that the building that they were originally in could fit into the kitchen of the new building, and so they had two hundred clients and about oh. fifty volunteers, and so it was a tiny little operation, but a mighty operation that was serving HIV/AIDS clients. Well, now at the same time in the country. Other organizations like it were popping up and other organizations that saw the need for feeding HIV-AIDS clients. Now, back to your point about how people don't know about open arms or didn't know about open arms, HIV-AIDS, if you and your listeners will recall, was a shroud of secrecy and privacy. Nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about people that had it. Nobody talked about anything that was surrounding the HIV-AIDS illness. And so nobody talked about the meals either. So if they were, if people, volunteers were going into apartment buildings or going to homes, up until very recently, they were saying, oh, we're a meal delivery service. They didn't even use the name Open Arms because Open Arms had a stigma or an association that it was all for HIV AIDS clients or patients. And because of lack of information, education, and knowledge, people didn't want to be in an apartment building or in an area where there are HIV AIDS patients because they didn't realize that it didn't spread through air like COVID does. (laughs) And so it was a a completely different epidemic. But it's interesting that we were born out of a pandemic and then we really had the spotlight shown on us in the under COVID too. So, but so now fast forward to today, 
We have a building and a kitchen in Minneapolis, 21,000 square feet. And we now, as of January 2023, we have a kitchen and a campus in St. Paul as well. And we now serve um, HIV AIDS clients. Yeah, keep going. Should I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. HIV AIDS clients, uh, congestive heart failure, COPD, end stage renal disease, cancer, MS. ALS, and MS. Yeah, right. Yes. All mm-hmm. right. Well, we're getting queued out here, Lisa. It's time for a short break. We'll pick up on that on the next segment here. But we'll be right back, folks, to continue our conversation with Lisa Lane. She's the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota, and we're talking about the power of a nutritious meal. If you have a question for us, please give us a call, 952-946-6205, or text us your question at 612-999-3426. I'm Ken Hagland, and you are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about helping you and your loved ones improve and enjoy your quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Lisa Lane. She is the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. And she's talking about the impact this Minnesota-based nonprofit has on our communities as a beacon of hope and compassion by providing vital nourishment through medically tailored meals to individuals facing life-threatening illnesses and critical health issues. And here's the thing, folks, it's all at no cost to the client. Isn't that amazing? Their mission of embracing food as medicine guides how they craft medically tailored menus to meet the needs of over 2,000 weekly clients and how a community of passionate volunteers ensures the preparation, packaging, and delivery of these life-changing meals. If you have a question for Lisa, please give us a call, 952-946-6205, or text us at 612-999-3426. All right, Lisa, if people have more questions or want more information about Open Arms of Minnesota, what's the best way for them to find that information out? If you go to Open Arms MN. So that's openarmsmn.org. Everything you need is on there. How you become a client, how you become a volunteer, of course, how to support us by clicking on the donate button, whether you want to give $10 for one meal or $120 for a week of meals. You can also give for a year of meals. So everything that you need is on that website. And again, that's openarmsmn.org. Okay, openarmsmn.org, and it's a beautiful website, uh, just very well done. Thank you. I just love the creativity of the people that ha- I have on my show here um, with what they do on their websites, especially ones that do such great work like you're doing. But, yeah, that donate button, nice nice big orange donate button, <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. So just, like I say, uh, $10 for a meal mm-hmm. if you want to make a one-time mm-hmm. gift or 
uh, you can do a whole week's worth of meals at 120. That's right. Um, yes. Okay. And you can also become a sustaining donor and you can do $10 a month, which is a, oh. one meal a month or $20 a month, two meals a month. And all of that information is on that website. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very well laid out. Very clear. I'd encourage you folks to, while we're talking on the show today, go to openarmsmn.org. And if you have any questions about that, Lisa's right here in the studio. Give us a call and we can walk you through those. All right. Well, last segment we were talking about the history of Open Arms. Fantastic history. Uh, as we were talking on the break here, so many innovative things have come about from the kitchen table or the garage in America. <laughs> and it's just such a great story. It just It's quintessential America. Um, but yeah, continue on with the history and, and bring us up to date then with where we're at now with Open Arms in Minnesota. Absolutely. So we um, so we added all of these um, diseases. So we broadened yes. our scope and breadth and depth of work. And it's interesting because our um, executive director at the time, a man by the name of Kevin Wingy, um, was getting calls from people saying, will you serve meals to my grandmother with cancer or will you serve meals? And he went to the board and said, I can no longer say no. We need to start saying yes. And so that's when we started to broaden. And now it's actually in our five-year strategic plan for the next five years to broaden again. Um, what's interesting, too, is what we try to do is even if a client doesn't fall within those seven diseases, if somebody needs us, we can put them temporarily on our service whether or not they fall within those diseases and then help them to find the appropriate service that can help them out. So um, I'm kind of going back and forth. So oh, I want to finish the history yeah. um, and where we are today. So one of the things that our board of directors decided is that because more than 80% of our clients are both food insecure, meaning they, they don't necessarily have access to healthy food or any food, mm-hmm. And dealing with a critical illness or a chronic illness, they and if they were a single parent, they were giving their meals to their children, as any of us that are parents mm-hmm. would do. And so the board said, well, we're not helping these clients at all because they're not actually getting nourishing meals. So let's add dependent children and caregivers that are in the home. So now we've expanded exponentially. That happened about around the time that the Minneapolis building opened, so it was about 12 years ago. And what happened then is we were able to really expand our footprint to ensure that not only would the entire family be fed, they could now eat together. And that time is Mm -hmm. such valuable time, particularly when you're faced with a critical illness and you're just not sure what the future holds for you. So that was a really important and pivotal moment. Around that same time, actually probably a few years later, we started developing urban farms. And those vegetables that we were putting and planting into those farms became a source of earned revenue for us. So we were selling community shared agriculture or CSAs and vegetables were able to go into meals. So we now today have five urban farms across the Twin Cities. So we have two in Minneapolis, two in St. Paul, and the most bucolic farm in Afton, Minnesota. So we have... and all run by the the grace of our amazing farm director, but we also have um, everything that's done there is through volunteerism. So, so I I would be remiss to not say that we have over four thousand volunteers that oh help to make gosh. the organization run. Wow. Now, 
when COVID hit, we were at about 7,500 volunteers. But as you can imagine, people, you know, were concerned and worried, and we understood that. So now we're we're working our way back up to that number, but those volunteers are real production. Mm -hmm. They provide about 30 thousand hours, 30,000 hours a year of work, the equivalent of about 30 full-time employees. Mm -hmm. So we would not be able to afford to do what we do without those volunteers. So huge shout out and, and thank you to our volunteers when our volunteer department is run by an amazing woman by the name of Danielle Brady. And she's just, she does an incredible job and makes the experience, her and her team are really wonderful, make wow. the experience pretty special. Okay. So how many meals have you guys delivered since your inception? Well, that is really interesting. This last summer, we delivered our 11 millionth meal. But the interesting thing, though, Ken, is that from 1986 to 2016, I started in 2016. In 2016, we delivered our 7 millionth meal. But from 2016 to today, we've gone from 7 million to 11 million. Wow. So that just shows you how much we've really picked so up steam. Over 20 years, it was 7 million, but in just the last few years. Yes. Wow, an yeah. additional 4 million. It's incredible. It's really incredible, wow. the growth. Yes, so 11 million meals. And the lives that we've touched and the stories we've heard have been just incredible. Boy, there's, okay, we, it's time to go, unfortunately, for <laughs> the next commercial break. But we, we'll talk more about that because that, that, those numbers are astounding to me. Um, but anyway, we'll be right back, folks. Time for a short break. We'll continue our conversation with Lisa Lane, Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. And we're talking about their mission of embracing food as medicine and how that guides how they craft medically tailored menus to meet the needs of over 2,000 weekly clients and how a community of passionate volunteers ensures the preparation, packaging, and delivery of these life-changing meals. If you have a question for Lisa, please give us a call, 952-946-6205, or text us at 612-999-3426. I'm Ken Hagland, and you are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about helping you and your loved ones improve and enjoy your quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Lisa Lane, and she's the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota, and she is wonderful to talk to. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. Uh, feel free to give her a call if you have questions about this amazing service and amazing organization that she represents. Um, you know, her focus here and the focus of Open Arms Minnesota is to really uh, help change our communities. And uh, they're providing a beacon of hope and <clears throat> compassion by providing vital nourishment through medically tailored meals to individuals facing life-threatening illnesses and critical health issues. And here's the thing, folks, it's all at no cost to the client. Uh, just an amazing, amazing mission. And I'm just so excited to have her on the show today. 
Before we turn to our conversation, I do want to mention this radio show is brought to you in part each week by Minnesota Hospice. Minnesota Hospice is an independent, locally owned medical practice serving our Twin Cities communities with comprehensive end-of-life health care. The team at Minnesota Hospice provides patients and family members with award-winning end-of-life health care services. You may not be aware that hospice brings compassionate medical, social, emotional, and spiritual services to your home with typically no cost to you or your family. Please do not wait to learn how hospice care can benefit you and your loved ones. If you have any questions regarding end-of-life care or support, please contact the compassionate team of experts at Minnesota Hospice. They are available to answer your questions 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their phone number is 952-898-1022. Once again, 952-898-1022. Or visit them online at minnesotahospice.com. All right, let's return to our conversation, our fascinating conversation with Lisa Lane. Lisa, how can our listeners contact you guys if they want more information, if they have questions, or would love to donate to your organization? We love to hear from you, and the best way to reach us is through our website, which is openarms, O-P-E-N-A-R-M-S-M-N, Org. That's openarmsmn.org, and you can become a client through there. Mm-hmm. You can volunteer. You can learn all about our events, how to support us. We've got some really fun ways to support us. In fact, hopefully I'll have a chance to talk about our turkey drive, which is coming up in mm-hmm. November. And so we love to hear from people, and we love to have you join us either as a volunteer, a partner, a client, a supporter of any kind. Wow. I'm still just in shock with all the things I'm learning about you both on and off the air here. No, it, what an amazing organization. And the fact that it was it was birthed here in the Twin Cities, what, 40-some years ago? I mean, yep, 37 years 37 ago. 37 years yeah. ago. Oh, my gosh. That's just fantastic. So, folks, go to openarmsmn.org and uh, check that out. And uh, please consider donating to this amazing organization. All right, well, let's continue. I mean, I'm, st- I'm still just fascinated by the, the life history of this organization. Um, let's continue to talk about that. Well, the um, I want to make sure I was saying to uh, to you, Ken, on the break that we have there's so many layers to open arms, mm-hmm. and so the history brought us, as we talked about at the last segment, to covering the entire family and the children and the caregiver and our farms and everything that we literally bring to the table for our clients. And our clients find us mostly through healthcare referrers. So mm-hmm. their healthcare provider, a social worker, a nurse, a doctor can contact us and um, on behalf of the client or can share our information with the client and the client can then reach out and the only thing we require of the client is a signature by a healthcare provider saying that our medically tailored meals and our nutrition counseling will be helpful to the client. We don't, it, we don't, judge on any financial ability because, as you mentioned, there's no cost to the client. However, it's important to point out that even though there's no cost to the client, some of our clients can pay for the meals, Mm -hmm. but they literally have no support system. And so it's not for us to decide or determine 
does a client really need us? Because it's not just about the food insecurity. It's about those healthy meals paired with nutrition counseling to help clients take their medicine the best, to eat the healthiest, to do all the things that you can know as somebody who's living in this space mm, and working right. in this space, how important the whole family, Minnesota Hospice, all the hospitals, the healthcare mm-hmm. providers, the, the social workers make up this village of supporters that really help somebody through a critical time in their lives. So I want to just fast forward to COVID because COVID really changed the trajectory and the story of food as medicine. So when COVID hit, um, the Open Arms organization was deemed as essential, an essential organization by the governor mm-hmm. of the state of Minnesota. So we did not shut our doors and our um, our organization and all of our staff, we went from 47 staff members to 97 staff members today. And so we increased everything. Our client demand went up in about a week, went up 40%. And of course, it made sense because all of our clients are immune compromised. Mm -hmm. So even if they were ready to go off of our service, maybe they were ready to return to work or they were done with their treatments. Even if that was happening for them, they were now forced back into their homes. So Everything increased, and we had demand, and we were really having to look for how are we going to make this work and how are we going to continue to serve the people that needed us. We knew that we could do it because we had the infrastructure to do it. So it just became a matter of can we fund all of the clients that need us. And I have to just take a minute out here because the community in the state of Minnesota – the foundations, the donors, the corporations, the volunteers, the people that made up this web of support, we were able to cover cover every single client during COVID. We didn't have to turn anyone away because of that incredible web of support. And we just couldn't have done it without the volunteers and the supporters that were there for us. But what COVID did is it really shined a spotlight on what food as medicine is. What does it mean to have healthy food? What does it mean to eat the kinds of things? We knew that there was a link to a higher um, incidence of COVID for people that were overweight, for people that had heart issues. We knew these were all going to be the kinds of things that people were dealing with because that's what the experts were telling us. So we knew that healthy food was going to be critical. We had, we were serving our meals. We also had, for example, Ramsey County Social Services called us and said, we need to keep critical patients out of the hospital, but we need to ensure that they have healthy food in their homes. So we started to deliver to patients that would have normally been in the hospital to keep them out of the hospital. In fact, one of the most interesting statistics is that it costs $1,500 a day on average to be in the hospital. It costs $6,000 a year to eat healthy meals and get nutrition counseling from open arms. So we know and we learned a lot about how food as medicine could be helpful, not only to keep people out of the hospital and out of COVID, hopefully, but how to just keep them on a healthier trajectory in general. Well, and the thing is, our, our healthcare community does not have the time to educate people about nutrition. I mean, it's a it's just a struggle because they, they only have limited time with a patient, and to go through the education process 
And it, it sounds like what you know, your organization, similar to, to my organization, we're educating constantly about the, the benefits of end-of-life care and hospice. Same with you guys. You're just so much of your effort is about educating people because if they don't have the right tools, they're going to keep making the same mistakes or, or you know just not knowing what they can do to help support their recovery or, or their quality of life with the right things that they should be doing. And so that so it's it's really important that you guys are adding that element to to the whole food customized food delivery and preparation process is also the education. That's exactly right. And then and that's really the differentiator for us. Well, two sort of disting, distinguishing factors, the the medically tailored meals and what that means and we always refer to them as MTMs, medically tailored meals and what that means is that our, we have dietitians, registered dietitians on staff, and they work with classically trained chefs. So the chefs in our kitchens come from restaurant backgrounds, and it's fascinating because they're excellent chefs, and our food is so wonderful. But it's also medically tailored, which means that it could be sodium-free. It could be flavor-neutral or what we refer to as Minnesota bland because oh. if you're going through chemotherapy treatments, your palate is changing. Right. Your appetite is changing. You can't handle a spicy food. So it could be flavor neutral. It could be gluten sensitive. It could mm -hmm. be vegan. It can be any number of things that our registered dietitians work with the chefs to create menus that taste good, but that a client doesn't have to worry, can I eat this? It's measured out for them. It's exactly what they need. It's fully cooked and it's sent to them in a container that they can either put in the oven and warm up or put in a microwave and warm up. We have sandwiches that are made with bread in our own bakery. Everything is completely preservative-free and made from scratch in either our St. Paul kitchen or our Minneapolis kitchen. One of the things that actually happened during COVID is we had to bring in pre-cut vegetables because we no longer had that volunteer force to cut the vegetables. So that was a something that prices raised significantly. Mm -hmm. oh, so, yeah. and we, and even... Even meats and proteins, the prices were rising. And right. as you may recall, I mean, there's some stories from COVID that are really so unique. We had pork farmers which were ha that were having problems with all of their pigs, and they didn't know what to do with all the pigs because of some of the processing issues that were arising oh, during COVID. Right. Yeah. And we had people calling us and saying, we'd like to drop off some pigs. And we said... We don't have any way to <laughs> process pigs. I mean, exactly. So it's it is amazing though, and I will say our community. We had people dropping off fresh eggs for us. Vegetable restaurants were dropping off breads and vegetables and things that they couldn't use. And so we had an embarrassment of riches from our community in so many different ways, and we were able to put that to use for our clients because we want them to have healthy food that tastes like comfort food that tastes like right. their mom's food. You know, right. when you're sick, yeah. what you want is your mom's <laughs> soup, your mom's special meatloaf, whatever it is. And then our bakery, because we feel that treats are important and they mm -hmm. can be altered and tailored to whatever a client needs. And so we were able to really marry everything together to have these medically tailored meals and food as medicine, mm -hmm. which is something we've been doing for decades. But now with COVID, everybody understands the impact and the importance of food for longevity and for health and for helping take your medications, for helping to give you the energy that you need. I mean, I know personally when I eat too much sugar, I need to take a nap. And so I know what that all feels like. I think anybody yeah. who who sees the impact of, of food 
understands the importance of this. And the creativity that we saw and continue to see, our dietitians did virtual cooking classes for caregivers, talked to people about how they can use vegetables in their diet, how they can stretch their diets, how they can mm. stretch the food that they do get. And we also have, um, I'm now you can tell, Ken, I'm all over the map. I get so excited <laughs> about all the things that we offer. One of the really unique things we do is because Minnesota tends to have snowy and cold winters, and we do not send our volunteers out in blizzard conditions. But So what we do is we send our clients what we call blizzard boxes. And... Do you want me to wait until after Let's the break? Let's hold off okay. the blizzard. I am curious about the blizzard boxes. It sounds like a Dairy Queen type of a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. It's time for a short break, folks. We'll be right back to continue our conversation with Lisa Lane. She's the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. And she's talking about the impact this Minnesota-based nonprofit has on our communities as a beacon of hope and compassion by providing vital nourishment through medically tailored meals to individuals facing life-threatening illnesses and critical health issues, all at no cost to the client. If you have a question for us, please give us a call, 952-946-6205, or text us at 612-999-3426. I'm Ken Hagland, and you are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well, where we talk about helping you and your loved ones improve and enjoy your quality of life. My name is Ken Hagland, and joining me today is Lisa Lane, and she is the Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. An amazing organization and an amazing person uh, is here with me today. I am so grateful for that. Um, their mission of embracing food as medicine guides how they craft medically tailored menus to meet the needs of over 2,000 weekly clients and how a community of passionate volunteers ensures the preparation, packaging, and delivery of these life-changing meals. If you have a question for Lisa, please give us a call, 952-946-6205, or text us at 612-999-3426. All right, Lisa, let's let people know how they can find out more information about this amazing service you provide and also how they can help support that. Yep. You can become a client if you um, qualify uh, through the diseases by going to openarmsmn.org and talk to your healthcare provider. They can refer you to us. They typically have all the information, or you can find everything on that website, openarmsmn.org. You can also learn about how to donate, how to become a bread and butter sustaining giver, and a volunteer. Our volunteers are critical to what we do, and you get to work in the kitchen, and, and some people even bring their own knives to cut and chop. So if you have a suppressed desire as a chef, come and come and cut with us. And, and work with amazing chefs. Absolutely. Work with some of the best chefs in the city. Right. Well, that's fantastic. All right. As I was telling you on uh, in the commercial break, uh, people love to hear stories uh, of the impact you've made at an individual level. Um, share with us a story. Well, I want to tell, I it, it's the 
my favorite story, although hard to hard to tell, but my favorite story about Pete and Kathy. Um, Pete wrote us a, the most amazing letter after his best friend Kathy passed away. Um, Kathy uh, did not was not one of our um, diseases, actually. She had Lewy body dementia, which is a horrible, horrible disease. And Pete um, was taking Kathy. He was um, asked by her family to care for her. They were best friends throughout college. And they were at Park Nicollet, um, which is now, of course, Health Partners. But they were at Health Partners, and um, their doctor said... uh, we think it might be time for you to contact Open Arms because Kathy was not eating. She refused to eat, and he couldn't do anything to get her to eat. And so um, he had never heard of Open Arms. He contacted us, and we started um, feeding Kathy and Pete um, with our meals. And Pete, she lived two years longer than they anticipated she would. And Pete sent us pictures of Kathy, and she went from looking truly emaciated is the best way for me to describe it too. Her face was full. She had a big smile on her face. And Pete said that one of the last things she did when she was in hospice was to tell him all the foods she liked the best and to catalog all of that for him. And he wrote us, of course, another beautiful letter after Kathy passed, talking about how important our client services folks were to him and that they were helpful and he would call them and he was able to connect right away. And he had the support of our dietitians telling him the kinds of foods that would be easier for her to eat and swallow. And so it's just a beautiful story of a life that that was well-lived, and Pete kept his promise to Kathy, and Pete talks and speaks for us all the time, and wow. their story is a true love story, not only of the power of friendship, but of the power of food mm-hmm. to serve as medicine and to really be something that brings people together and and helps to really give people their best life, even when they're facing the worst and most impossible decisions. Like we were talking about, Ken, I mean, sometimes our clients, because 86% of them are food insecure, they're making decisions that no one should have to make. Mm -hmm. Can they pay heat? Can they pay rent? Or can they pay for groceries? So we like to think of ourselves as taking one of those stresses off their plate and giving them a choice and giving them something really, really healthy and being able to eat something healthy and having it delivered. And so many of our clients have formed relationships with the volunteer that Mm -hmm. delivers to them. We also send out birthday cakes to every single one of our clients. So they are baked fresh in our bakery, and and we send them out cards from every client service person. We send them the birthday cake. They know that they are not forgotten, Mm -hmm. no matter how much they may be alone, and no matter how much it may feel like they're alone in their journey, we are there for them. And it was one of the things our CEO said to all of us, pulled the staff together and said, when COVID hit, we can never close. We can never close because we are the only organization like us in the upper Midwest. You're a lifeline. We are. We really, really are. And But for us, the folks that we serve wouldn't have the kind of nutrition they have and those options to work with dietitians and a community, really a whole community of people that supports them. Yeah. Well, we know how how impactful it is for children being unable to learn and having behavior issues if they don't have a breakfast. Exactly. Can you imagine somebody who is facing a life-limiting or a serious illness who can't procure the food, can't go out and get the food? 
can't prepare it. I mean, there's just so many things. As we talked at the break, food is an expression of love. Mm-hmm. Love is a behavior. Love as as an action. And it's just great to see the, the work that you guys are doing to express that love for others in our community. That's just fantastic. Well, thank you. And we feel it's very important, too. And as you said, food is love and food is comfort. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that is important to know about us, too, is that comfort food isn't the same for everybody. So I mentioned meatloaf earlier. I happen to love meatloaf. But if you come from another country and and you see meatloaf on your plate, you have no idea what that is or hot dish or something like that. (laughs) So we just this year started our cultural meals and we started with Hmong meals. So we hired a professional Hmong chef and we did focus groups to ensure that we can serve people. And we're now working on our East African menus too. So making sure we can provide the comfort food regardless. We have got to get you back on the show. There's there's pages of things we haven't talked about, and I would just love to get more into that. I want to thank Lisa Lane, Chief External Affairs Officer with Open Arms of Minnesota. Uh, thank you for sharing with us the impact that this Minnesota-based nonprofit has had on our communities and your mission of embracing food as medicine. Lisa, how can our listeners contact you if they have questions, want more information, or want to help support your organization? If you go on openarmsmn.org and click on the staff page or about us, you can find me and any one of my wonderful colleagues. Ken, thank you so much for having us on, and thank you for really highlighting this very important topic. You are so welcome. We'll get you back on the show. Join us again next Saturday at noon, folks, for another broadcast. And thank you for listening to Living Healthy and Aging Well. Until next time, choose to live well.